Hello, welcome to episode 39 and the third of four March specials from our podcast at Norman Porous. This should have been released last week, but my laptop decided to break. So a quick trip to Warrington Curry's and I've got myself a new one. But I have been scrambling around all of last week to find the recording for our final two episodes that were scheduled for this month and obviously lay on my uh, dormant laptop, which just decided to pack in randomly. And thankfully, I've managed to recover some. So we've been revisiting some of our bigger interviews and, and releasing the audio versions for the first time as podcasts. So the first was with Heather Baron Gracie, um, that's Pale Waves. The second was Giles Bramrith, who you'll know more recently from Celebrity Gogglebox and This Morning. And this week it's Scouting for Girls. So obviously it broke through in the noughties with, with indie pop hits like She's So Lovely, Heartbeat, This Ain't a Love Song, and so many more. And we spoke to the man himself, Roy Stride, the lead singer, songwriter. And it was the lead in the lead up to Neighbourhood Weekender, which they'll be playing again this year, I think. And we also talk about the history of the band. He's got some great stories to tell about their early days and also about his songwriting away from Scouting for Girls. So he tells us about working with One Direction, like five seconds of summer in their early days before they went on to have huge careers in pop. So yeah, it's a really good chat. He's a great bloke. And we look forward to seeing them again this year at the festival. So it must have gone down well in, in 2022. Um, due to technical issues that will be resolved after this month, fingers crossed, there is no intro music or outro music. So we're going straight into it. They currently sit on the old system, so we'll get that back soon. But here's our chat with Roy Stride. It's going for girls. Well, we'll go straight in with, with Neighbourhood then, because um, the festival's just around the corner. It's kind of one of the earliest in festival season, really. So what's your feelings ahead of that? Have you played before? Do you know much about the festival? No, we've never we've never done Neighbourhood Weekender before, mm. and I'm really excited. It's probably going to be... I think it's going to be one of the highlights of the summer for us. It's mm. kind of like... To me, it's the sort of festival that I'd really love to go to as a punter, especially like my younger self. This would have been my favourite <laughs> festival of the summer because just all my, it's like, it's all my favourite bands. It's either my favourite bands when I was younger or my favourite bands around now. It's like, mm. you know, it's indie, indie rock and roll. It's like, <laughs> it's as good <laughs> as it gets for me. So we feel mm. really, also we got a great slot. We're on you know, in the middle of the afternoon, before people get too pissed, we go there, <laughs> get everybody in the mood, and we'll, yeah. you know, we'll be done to uh, have a party by six o'clock. So, uh, mm. yeah, it's going to be, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it seems to, as you said, like, it might be one of your highlights. It seems to have quickly established itself as one of the one of the main festivals now in the UK. Have you been to Warrington before? Do you have much experience of, of that town? Yeah, we have. We actually played Warrington. We played Par Hall on the last tour and it was probably the best show of the tour uh despite i think it was like we had a very it was a really long tour uh mm. and we played warrington instead of manchester which is the first time we've ever missed manchester on a tour uh mm. and so i think a lot of people from manchester came yeah to warrington but it was like a it was a it was an absolutely banging gig and for us as well like Stone Roses was like my third gig, I think, and like a massive third gig, which I ever went to, yeah. and a massive, uh, huge band for me as a musician and growing up and as a kid. And, and, and you know, they got back together. They played that 
that venue in Warrington. So yeah. it's a, you know, it's a big place yeah. for, for us. I, I'm really yeah. excited for it. And what can people expect from the from the live show and maybe the set list too? Are we are we rolling out all the all the big hits or yeah. is there potentially any new music on the horizon? It's well, it's our fifteenth anniversary this year mm. since yeah. we uh, since we got since we released our first record. So we we are going pretty heavy on the nostalgia and the big hits. Okay. Uh, but to be honest, we always do. Uh, <laughs> we have we've I've actually finished writing a new record. And we'll be recording that over the course of the summer, like in between the live dates. So we're going to start introducing that. I'm not sure. It depends on how. I think we might. We'll probably squeeze in one new one for the weekend, I think. Okay. Uh, but it's, I know very much our job at this festival. And it yeah. is about getting everybody having a great time. Like I know exactly what we, we bring to that gig. And uh mm that festival and I'm really looking forward to bring it. Yeah, that should be great. And you mentioned the 15 year anniversary, which I was going to come on to as well. So what's it like reflecting back on that time? Does it, does it feel like it's flown by or what are your, what are your memories from that, from back then? Oh mate, it's weird. It's like, cause in some sense, it feels like a lifetime, like a proper lifetime. And in another sense, we've been going through, I've been sort of looking back through diaries and some some ways it just feels like it was only last week some mm. of the gigs there was because i was because we were because of where the neighborhood weekend festival is mm. i was looking at uh things we'd done in manchester and i was thinking back to some of the kids so we've we've headlined mem before yeah. i remember all the funny things like i remember climbing trying to climb right to the top of the stairs of the MEN whilst mid-show and getting quite knackered and having to stop for a rest <laughs> halfway through. Uh, but then I remember we did a gig at Old Trafford for like a, I think it was the rugby league final or one yeah, of those yeah, weird gigs where the, yeah, the, the yeah. band play in the mid-half time. Yeah. So literally nobody because they've all gone for a burger and a piss. <laughs> so we did that gig and then we came back and we stayed at the Lowry which was exciting because I think United were there. There was a couple, there was a football team there and uh, it was, and they were, it basically the, the, uh, the foyer and the bar at the Lowry were absolutely buzzing. Yeah. And so we, we, it turned into quite a bit of a party and I went back uh, I ended up, my wife came down because she was pregnant with our first child and we ended up going to bed quite early, whereas the rest of the band just like really partied hard because I remember we didn't get paid for this gig. I think it was like expenses, plus we thought it was like all the drinks were free and then it turned out that we weren't getting the drinks for free and the bill we racked up, basically it wiped out all the profit for an entire weekend's <laughs> worth of gigs anyway i was thinking about when was that and i thought it was a couple of years ago but it was like that was 15 years ago uh so yeah it does feel it's it's that weird thing it's like being on holiday you know where you get to the end of a holiday and it feels like it's flown by but then you think back and you go actually it seems like we've been here forever yeah so, yeah yeah it's a good way of good way of putting it. Good analysis of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you, you released sort of the B sides and, and rarities the, uh, EP, didn't you? So yeah. has, it, has that been sort of a time again? Did that come from the, knowing the anniversary was coming up, and uh, was it a period of reflection, or did you kind of just stumble across this? That I, 
I think that was the idea by the record label. I think they just wanted to put, because we've, because we've been together for so long and we've released music constantly, pretty much. We've, mm. I think we've released a brand new original song every year yeah. since we started, since three years before we got signed in 2007. And that may only be like an EP or like a, a new song just to stick it out there. But basically there was like, there's like about 140 original Scouting for Girls songs, of which most people know three or two or four, you know. And so we just wanted to put some of the best ones together in like an album on, you know, on the streaming services. So people could have a look at it. Some, you know, and it's one of those, it's like a real, it's like browsing through like a like an antique shop. There's, there's a couple of gems in there. There's there's a couple of things which really shouldn't be there. There's a couple of things falling apart, a couple of things you're embarrassed of. Uh, but it was, it was. I've all, I'm a massively nostalgic person, so I love an anniversary. I love yeah. looking back. I love, you know, before we even like, I'm pretty sure we had a one year anniversary party after we had our, <laughs> our record signing. You know, mm. I love any excuse for a party. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. And another thing you released, obviously, was the the easy cover album uh, tell me where that came from was that something that you'd kind of always wanted to do was it kind of a little bit of a release on the side was that that's how it felt yeah it was it was it was lockdown it was a lockdown okay. problem so mm. in t we released an album uh trouble with boys in 2019 and then i spent quite a bit of time getting a uh, studio next to my house done up and I sort of reconfigured it and got it all ready to go. And I was working, I was supposed to be producing uh, two other people's records. I had loads of writing sessions. Lockdown happened and suddenly I, all those sessions got cancelled mm -hmm. and I didn't have any songs to really record new ones. So, and I just wanted to record. So that's kind of where the, that's where we started. That's why I thought, let's do this album. Yeah. The idea came about years before when we were really pissed on a tour bus traveling back. I think we traveled, we'd done the last date in Germany and we were traveling back, driving all the way from Germany back to London. And we ended up listening to Phil Collins' Serious Hits Live, which is one of the greatest live albums, double <laughs> live albums of all times. And for somehow we ended up all dancing to this at three in the morning in our underpants. And, uh, <laughs> deciding that we should do an album just to Phil Collins songs okay. of which Easy Lover would be one of them. And then Easy Cover sounded like the best name for an album of all yeah. time. Uh, <laughs> and so literally, we, I, I never thought about that until lockdown happened. And I, I put that terrible idea for an album <laughs> into process. Yeah. But it was, it was really good fun. And I quite, I, uh, we barely, we barely do covers. Mm. Like we usually do a cover in the live show. We've never recorded covers. I never really see the point. So it was really fun doing that as like a, you know, it was a, yeah. it sort of gives you a bit of what Scout for Girls is about. Cause a lot of Scout for Girls is about entertaining people and having fun. Yeah. And then having these sort of like eighties classics in our back pocket at a festival, you know, yeah. you know if you can, if you can whip out a bit of a, I want to dance with somebody in front of 20,000 people when they expect like, <laughs> this ain't a love song. It just is, it's yeah. just really fun. 
you know? well, well, that was my next question. I was going to say, can we expect to to hear anything maybe from the album or cover wise at Neighborhood Weekend? Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to hit hit one eighties cover. Yeah, uh, okay. at some point. Yeah, without that's a promise. Doubt. That's a promise. That, that is, that is, <laughs> yeah, I think it depends how long we get. If we get more okay. than forty minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you, you mentioned just then uh, in the previous question about going back through and you referred to it like an antiques shop, I think yeah. you said. Um, was, did you sort of, was there any songs that you'd maybe not forgotten about, but was there any where it kind of reignited a love for a song um, and brought it back into the forefront? Yeah, well, do you know what? This We've gone back to the first album a lot, mm. uh, just because it's the 15th anniversary. And there are some songs on there which are, like the first song on that record is called Keep On Walking. And that that was, I didn't realise that was the song that when we got signed, uh, one of the A&R team absolutely loved. And that was the record she signed us on. And so, and we haven't played that for, for years. And so going back to that, and also we did in February, the 15th anniversary, the actual 15th anniversary of us signing a deal. We went and did a couple of gigs at the pub when we first started playing. That's okay. how much I love a bit of a nostalgia and reunion yeah. and anniversary. And so we we played the whole album front to back. Uh, and it was really good to see how some of it really still stands up and some of it doesn't. But it was quite yeah. funny finding that. Yeah. So what's some of the examples of what, what stood up? What, what kind of did? Well, I've, as I said, like Keep On Walking and It's Not About You, which were like some of our first ever songs. It was yeah. great to play them again. I think we're going to put them in the set all the way through the summer. Yeah. There's a song on there called Mountains of Navajo, which has got, like, I used to start it live with a reference to He-Man. Okay. 80s cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he used to do a speech at the beginning of uh, the theme tune. And <laughs> I remember doing this speech before every time we played it which 15 years ago, I suppose we were a bit nearer to a slightly niche 80s cartoon, but doing it in 2022 was a bit weird. And some of the references there were, I don't know, a little bit strained. It went down well because it's very nostalgic, but I don't know yeah. how much we'll be playing it in the summer. Yeah, I used to love that song. Mountains oh, really? That was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I imagine that must have been a great, great feeling, getting getting out in front of, in front of what I imagine was a very intimate, audience it was it was really good we actually recorded both we did two nights and recorded both nights and we're gonna put out like a little bootleggy sort of live uh recording of it because the, the recording isn't isn't fantastic but it's just got a real magic vibe to it so i'm mm. gonna gonna clear it up clean it up in the studio and put yeah. that out i think over the summer at some point because mm. i just like the this you know as I said, like we've always done it because I think sometimes when you've when you have a couple of big songs, people are like, oh my god, what have you done? You know, yeah. I've just always loved just putting records out and music out and mm. bits out into the world at mm. regular intervals. So it's quite, it's yeah. uh, I quite like sticking out like a little live album. And I think you can do it. One of the ways we were thinking of doing it is maybe do. Like, as I say, I love vinyl at the moment, yeah. so I might try and do like you know, 100, 200 copies on vinyl yeah. and put it on Spotify, but it goes up for just one year or like six months. So you've got mm. that time to, to listen to it. And then maybe it's just on vinyl or like 
I might do some cassettes, like actually record okay. the cassettes uh, yeah. and do it that way. That's the only way you can listen to it. Yeah, that sounds good. And you, you, you've done a lot of songwriting for other people, haven't you? Especially, I know you used to in the in the past. Is that still something that you're you're pushing at the minute? And yeah, I haven't done a huge amount for. I sort of go through waves, and like the last, uh, I did a load. Uh, at the straight after scouting, I did a lot of like boy bands. Like when yeah. One Direction came out, I did a load yeah. of stuff with One D and Five Seconds of Summer. Uh, that sort of like pop rock boy band, like Bams, but mm. busted, yeah. uh, which is really good. I've, I've actually just started, I've got some stuff with some DJs coming out, you know, and so okay. uh, that's supposed to be slated for release this this summer which would be quite uh quite interesting yeah. some really big names actually but like like huge names but whether it happens or not uh we'll yeah. have to wait and see what is that process like though so when obviously it's not going for girls and you kind of <laughs> faceless songwriter yeah um, do you enjoy that do you sort of enjoy being in the background sometimes um <laughs> I've got, yeah some like i'd say so i've just the laptop's right up <laughs> oh, good. some of the uh Sometimes it's really shit and boring. Yeah. But like, uh, and sometimes you work with people who aren't very good or people who aren't very good at writing songs or uncomfortable. But so sometimes it can be, you know, with five seconds of summer and one D to a degree, like I did one of their first ever songs and I met them when they were really, you know, 17, 18. Yeah. Five seconds of summer, I was working them when they were like 16. And to see them go from like boys into men, yeah. from like a group of men, if I was saying someone was so cool because they were just like a group of kids who were in this rock band yeah. and suddenly they became like one of the biggest bands on the planet. To be there and see that process take place is like mm. a really special thing, especially if you're like quite close with them. Mm. And I did it as well with an indie band called Seafret who were signed to Columbia, who were an amazing band. And like when you get really involved, that is that is really magic. Yeah. But some I, I don't know. Sometimes it's uh, I thought you know I'm kind of lucky because I've got this personality where like I just get I go into something and I fucking love it, love it, mm. love it. And then I get bored. I'm kind of like yeah. one of my friends called me as like Mr. Toad, where he like <laughs> so. Sometimes I'm like, fuck it, I just want to be a writer and producer. And I yeah. just go into it massively. And then I'm like, I'll have a session with somebody which is crap. And they're like, I fucking hate producing records. I just want to do my own band. And so yeah. I'd spend hours, you know, months writing a new record. Then it'll come out, it won't do very well. And I'm like, I just love playing live. I just love playing. Mm -hmm. So then we play live and I love playing live. And then like at the end of last year, we did a tour, which was like 47, 48 dates. And I was broken properly broken at the end of mm. 2021 like more knackered than i've ever been i'm only really getting over it now and mm. uh you know and so now i'm really excited about getting out live that's my focus but yeah uh, if i get these if i get one of the there's three big dj i've got three songs with three big djs but i'm not singing just i've yeah, yeah. with the writing process if that happens then 
halfway through this festival season, I'm going to be like, I just want to be in the studio. I just want to be right. <laughs> yeah. So either maybe I, I'm never satisfied or maybe I'm just like Mr. Toad. I just love looking at the next thing. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you mentioned you're excited to get out playing live. So, so what, what, what else uh, were you looking forward to playing in terms of, in terms of tour dates, maybe festivals as well? What's, what's in the pipeline? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I really am buzzing about a neighbourhood weekend. I think that's going to mm. be one of the highlights. We're doing tram lines as well and Kendall calling. Mm. Uh, like those sort of big, you know, guitar, indie guitar band based sort of yeah. uh, festivals, because that kind of, uh, you know, they were the shows which got me into wanting to be a, in a band. And yeah. also go and watch some of the bands, which I love, like, you know, the, we, you know, I think at that uh, at the neighbourhood, you know, James is still one of my favourite bands of all time, mm. uh, and you know, Shed Seven, Cast, you know, these bands yeah. from when I was a kid who I fucking love and still amazing, and mm. then some of the new bit like the Lathams and uh, yeah. Blossoms, you know, some new bands who are Inhaler, like who I'm really excited. Some I haven't I've never seen before, so I'm yeah. excited about that. And then also we get to play lots of sort of like smaller family sort of festivals, you know, yeah. which are just like really low key. And I take my kids there and mm. you know, it's like getting paid to take your kids on a day out. You know, <laughs> it's like, so yeah. that, that's, that's kind of good. And then the tour, yeah. um, they're all like favorite dates, you know, like Albert Hall in Manchester, Sheffield yeah. British Empire in London, it's virtually, you know, we, I think most of the tours always well i think we're almost sold out already it'd be christmas time so we've got over the festivals mm. you're looking forward to christmas like, you know i'm really buzzing about the whole year to be honest yeah and you mentioned sort of festival season and you, and you just spoke about um new bands actually which i was actually going to speak to you about do you get much chance to, to listen to when well, i assume you do based on the fact you've shouted out the latham's blossoms inhaler yeah. um so you're you still listening to sort of upcoming indie guitar music outside of that is there any others that are on your radar at the minute uh yeah but yeah i do i kind of i have to be really careful like when i listen to because I listen to, like, when I'm in my songwriter mode, mm. I kind of have to listen to, like, the new music yeah. Friday, which is, like, you know, some songs are on there just absolute, to me, just absolute shit. And then that <laughs> takes away the passion for me. Okay. For it. And, and my passion and my love is, like, that sort of indie guitar music. I remember Latham's first time I heard them, I was like, I think I said that. I don't know whether I tried to manage them or they were like, I literally, I sent the first time I heard Great Escape. I was like, mm. that is, that's what I've wanted to be hearing for the last 10 years. It's like yeah. fucking Johnny Marr on guitar, you know, and like yeah. this Morrissey lyrics and like the melody House Martins. It was like, it sort of, you know, mm. I, you know, and I got as excited about that as, I, as I've done about uh, anything. I'm trying to think if there are any, I haven't really been so at the moment because I've just come out of like that writer's world. I've been more into, uh, mm. you know, looking at what, you know, what is commercially successful because that's yeah. always like the, the. Uh, oh, you've got so you mean in terms of molding it into what you're going to write? Yeah, and so well, as a songwriter, if you wrote a song for, just because, 
that sort of indie guitar music doesn't really stream as well or get played on the radio. As a songwriter, you're not going to earn any. If you don't get if you don't get any plays, you don't earn <laughs> any money. You know. Yeah. So like it's uh, yeah. it's which is you know quite which is why I've been doing lots of sort of DJ stuff as a songwriter. So uh, yeah. Yeah, do you, think that, do you think that also comes into the fact as early that you were mentioning how you constantly want to you do one project and you want to move on to another? So it, in, in essence, does it also bring out that side of you wanting to, I suppose, learn new, put new elements into it constantly? It's a constantly evolving process. Yeah, definitely. I suppose it's weird. Like when, you, when I think of it as a songwriting thing, you end up, you can end up going very commercially minded and... You know, and I've been lucky enough to work with some of the biggest songwriters in the world. And and when I've worked with them, they literally look at a song that's big and another song that's big and like fuse them together with those sounds, those lyrics, those beats, you know, and that's how you create. And that's how some of them create enormous careers. And when I try and do that, it just doesn't seem to work as well. I still try and do it. Sometimes I do that. But when... I sort of go by what I actually love, hmm. then you always come up with something a bit better. I think you, you always come up with something which is realer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, makes sense. So, uh, more authentic. It, it came yeah, from definitely. You, well, yeah, and obviously doing something which you actually, you know, hmm. which you actually hmm. love. I'm just trying to see if there are things I'm loving. Like, I love the Wet Leg album. That's what yeah. I'm Brilliant. Uh, let's look at what I've been playing. Florence and Machine coming back is always a great thing. Mm -hmm. Latham's love, um, Sam Fender, obviously. Vaccines, I know they've been around forever, but I love all their new stuff, which yeah. is coming out. They're playing as well, I think, on the thing. Yeah. See, I just love pretty much the Neighbourhood Weekender is my story. Yeah. I think um, a, lot of, a lot of people say that, don't they, that, that this festival's just come along and it's just... That if they could write one themselves, if they could do like a festival like themselves, create your own. <laughs> that's it you know and and that that's why i really love that mm. uh thing that yeah. that festival so yeah. well and the fi final question i have for you is uh 15 years is a is a good old stint so yeah. what do you think the trick trick is to uh to the longevity of a band uh or what's been the important thing for scouting for girls for us it's just like uh our friendship really mm. uh you know we've been friends since we were kids uh that came before we were friends before we played music yeah. and so we you know we're still friends now like if if i you know my if i had a really good weekend planned it would be to do what we do yeah uh, you know it'd be to go to a festival with my mates and that's essentially what i get to do that's, you know, that is one of the uh, secrets of being in a band and just remembering why you got into it and why you love it. I, we're also really lucky in terms of our band dynamic is like Greg and Pete are just like super, we just really complement each other really well. Uh, they're super chilled. They're very happy for me to do something really stupid and then say that they told me so afterwards. <laughs> You know, we nobody stops anybody from trying it. Nobody gets in each other's way. You know, we're really very tolerant mm. of each other. Yeah. It's, uh, 
Yeah, it's a uh, it's a good good dynamic. Yeah, it's like a marriage, I suppose. You know, it's kind <laughs> of like it really is. You have to. There's a bit of give and take, uh, and there's and we've all got mortgages, so we we can't. <laughs> we've gone past the point of return. We're too old to learn how to do anything else. So <laughs> yeah. that, probably, that probably is the real secret of why we're still together. <laughs> so in that sense, then what are the plans going forward uh, for the band? Full steam ahead, same as, or have you got anything? Anything? Yeah, I do you know. I I was in LA till last week for a couple of weeks. I finished writing the next record, which oh. I'm really like. I'm really proud of. It's like a you know, I, I know every band says this, but this really is the best collection of songs we've had since that first record in terms of one that sort of fits together. And I'm going to record that over the summer whilst we're, you know, we'll play the shows and I'll come back into the studio and get them. So I'm really excited about doing that. And then, uh, and then release that after, you know, we're, hopefully we'll have a new single out this year mm. and then the album early next year. And then, do it all again. Yeah. Uh, well, fingers that, crossed we hear something potentially new at Neighbourhood or, well, I asked, you did. I think it may, I was just looking at where it is. It may be, I oh know, I think we've got, where we got one, two, three, four, five, five weeks. We It's because we've got a new guitarist. So yeah. that may be the, uh, yeah. the reason we, you may not hear anything new. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, we'll see. But exactly. not too not too long after, hopefully. In, yeah, in exactly. But yeah, thanks thanks so much for your time. Uh, we're just about to hit the uh, the thirty minute mark. Is there is there anything that we've not discussed that you might want shouting about? No, that's oh we've got we've got actually talking of guitarists. We did like a very bandy guitar version of a song we did with uh, uh, with Lucy Spragan, which we released a couple okay. of years ago called "Stick the Kettle On," and we got like a band guitar-y. It feels like like uh, Owen Morris produced it. It's quite a Oasis-ish, guitar-y, washed uh, yeah. version of the song, which is coming out in the next couple of weeks, just as like a farewell to Jamie. So he's got a big screaming right. guitar solo. So that's coming out. So yeah, so there's just, there's new music coming out for Scamp for Girls to so just follow us on uh, on Spotify, really. Perfect. Thanks yeah. very much. I'll make sure I shout Cheers, Sean. Yeah, no, no worries. Thanks very much. Yes, that was Roy from Scouting for Girls ahead of the 2022 Neighbourhood Weekender Festival. And it takes place again this year with Scouting for Girls again over the May bank holiday. So that's a final weekend in May. And tickets are still available on the website, so you can check those out. Uh, we'll be back for our final episode of this special run. So episode 40, it'll be this week, actually, because it was this one was supposed to go out last week, but because of my uh, technical glitches mentioned earlier, we couldn't do so so this week i'm hoping friday potentially thursday we'll be able to get that final episode out in the meantime you can follow us on twitter at northern chorus underscore instagram at northern chorus and facebook northern chorus uk see you later